Yes, people. Yo, you have not made a mistake, right? I misread a calendar, right? Something got sent a bit late as well. So you get a bonus episode of Echo Chamber this week, people. So just a couple of films. Let's stop the preamble and let's get to it. Okay, so first up, we have a Shudder original. It is From Black. Okay, people. So, just took a look at From Black. This is a new Shudder original, right? Got sent a little late. Got sent a little late, so... Wasn't able to throw it in last week's episode, but you're getting it now, okay? It is directed by Thomas Marshes, who co-wrote the film with Joseph Flower. Uh, it is produced by um, Mitch Marshes, along with Kelly Frazier. And uh, Vincent Cardinal. It is executive produced by Anna Camp, Humberto Carrillo, Nina Colucuri, Caesar Macedo, Rick Moore, and James Norrie. It is co produced by John Ailes. And associate produced by Kaylin Bass and Joseph Flower. Luigi Jansen handles the music. Duncan Cole is on cinematography. Kelly Knox handles the casting. Production design is Julie Touche. Set decoration is Dayton Douglas. Costume design, we have Chloe O'Hayan Crosby. Um, hair makeup, we have Melissa Oteri. And our cast. Well, Cora is played by Anna Camp. Um, Detective Bray is played by Jennifer Lafleur. Um, Cora's ex Wyatt is played by Travis Hammer. Uh, Abel, the the leader of the the uh, self help group, is played by John Ailes. Uh, Richie Montenegro Montgomery even is the kidnapper. Noah. Cora's son is played by Eduardo Capirano. Um, yeah, the other deputy officer is Nicholas Marchin. Um, and Deputy Simmons is played by Alicia S. Mason. Yeah, that's about it. Now, the gist is this. A recovering drug addict, desperate for closure and saddled by crushing guilt after the disappearance of her young son, is presented with a bizarre offer to learn the truth about what happened and set things right. If she is willing to pay a terrifying price, how dark is she willing to go for a chance at redemption? So, yes. Now, I don't know if you would really call it redemption. Feel me? Because it looks like it's more she wants a restart. You know? Right? Now, we open up with, a, a you know, Bray. Detective Bray going into this house. Going into this house and there's just carnage. Right? It's dark we have this ominous music playing obviously right those are the tropes and 
there's just blood and oh, debris all over the place, right? And you just hear on a um, like a phone call. So we got this phone call kind of playing along with the music, and it's just like, oh, I just stabbed someone. Come, come, please, quick, quick, and just all of this. As I say, it's really hard to hear. There's a lot of stuff in the film with someone's talking quiet, and it's very difficult to make out some of that stuff. But yeah, this is said, right? And, you know, there's just all of this stuff. The house is empty, though, right? And then we've got. We, we jump to a police station. Another officer is talking to Bray and she's just like, oh, it's, you know, Cora's house, but it's not her blood. So it's just like, ooh, what is going on? Right? Obviously, a murder has happened, but why and who? Those are the questions. So the film, it's um, jumping all over the place. Right, as we get her in prison talking to Bray, right? Cora talking to Bray, who it's alluded to that she's her sister, but it's not very clear, right? It's not overly clear. And so we have this the police station scenes, and then we have flashbacks to Cora's past life when she was like a drug addict and then her trying to get her life back together right so that that's what the film is doing you know we we see her and her ex Wyatt strung out just lying there you know in a place just you know fucked off their heads people which is all fine, you know. But I mean, one of those things, you know, that like people who are like so deep down a rabbit hole on drugs, there is a look, you know. It's not just having someone act like, oh, they're all out, like, oh, what's going on? Oh, oh. that's not. It's not just it. Right, there's a gauntness usually to the face. Do you know what I mean? The skin just looks like kind of waxy. Like you look malnutritioned, malnutritious, mal malnutritioned. You know what I'm saying, people. You look like that. You know what I mean? You look messed. It, it, and a lot of times with these films, we don't really get it we don't feel we see someone who's meant to be down this rabbit hole meant to be just full on but it's just like i ain't buying it right ain't really buying it come on now so there is that and then it you know we like there's information that you're given like she just quit right when when her son got kidnapped but, yeah, you, you're kind of wondering, like, really? Like, mm, look, that's a traumatic thing. But, look, there's so many cases in real life. You hear people go through traumatic things. And, yes, they might make a declaration. This is it. I'm done. But then they relapse. Right? And unless you have proper help, you're going to relapse, really. Most likely, you know, but we then see her at this like this group for people who have experienced loss and all of this stuff, and everyone's talking. She doesn't talk apart from this one time, right? Apart from this one time, and that's when the whole you know, Abel who runs the call, the group, he's like, Oh, I could help you. I, I could help you. I heard what you said. I could help you. Which, listen, if, and this, I've said this numerous times, right? If this was the 60s, 70s, even the 80s, 
you could buy that kind of shit. This is the age of the fucking internet, right? So you would have thought that there's the information that he's giving her, you know, the stuff he's telling her, that you'd look into it, right? But there's no looking into it. There's no, hmm, I don't know about this, because why hasn't he made this offer to all these other people, right? There's just a load of questions that aren't being asked. They're not being asked here, which just makes you very skeptical, right? It's obvious that there's more going on, right? It's just fucking obvious, but questions aren't being asked, right? Or it's not being couched in a way that you would go, okay, yeah, she's really going to believe this, really going to believe this, right? It's, it's one of the, because a lot of times, it's not like this, the kid has only just disappeared, you know, I think it's been at least a year. I think it's been even longer than a year, right? So, you know, she's now clean. So you would think, yes, she she may have regrets, right? There, there's sadness, there's it, all of these things. But then there's also an understanding and we don't get that, right? We don't get it. it. It's trying to build these emotional fueled scenes, but they don't quite work. You know, it, it's it's funny when you get the you know when police go to someone and they could arrest them, but for some reason it's just like you know what I'm going to give you a break. I'm not going to, and it's just like, but why wouldn't they? You know what I mean? Like, it be, you, why would they give that person a break, right? It's not like they're friends or, you know, it's probably better if they do arrest a person, but they just, you know, which you're just like, huh? There's a supposed um, restraining order against someone who violates it, does some shit, right? Which would surely... If you have a restraining order, you're in fear of something, right? And then when they break it and do this thing, you'd think, okay, right? Someone's going to, and then they don't. Makes no, so it's just, why did you even put the order there? Like, what was the point? I mean, like, I, it, it makes you wonder what the point of those scenes are. Because they don't really do anything. It doesn't do anything for the story. You know, and there are these things that do nothing for the story. Right? There's things that, again, you're, you know, told, oh, you have to do this thing. Right? But it's just like, come on now. People can, there's going to be questions. Right? There's going to be, regardless of everything, there will be questions. You know, we have that thing where you have someone just who basically gaslights someone into doing shit, right? It's just shouting and uh, where you're just like, you know what? Fuck you. I have to listen to you, right? But that's the problem. There, there's these leaps of faith that you have to make, but with no real substance behind them. Right, there's nothing there to make you go, oh shit, I can see why this would happen. Right, this makes perfect sense. You know, you're given clear instructions on something and then you violate that thing, but then nothing really happens. You know, there's just so many odd parts of this story, you know, that I can see what they were trying to do. But I just don't necessarily think it's uh, as tight as it could be, which is interesting, right? Because 
Thomas um, Marshes supposedly was a police officer, right? Or a detective something. I think he worked in narcotics. So you'd think that the procedural things would be a bit clearer and tighter, but they're not, they're not really, you know? And, you know, there's things that are set up, like at the very beginning, that when you see these flashbacks, like it still doesn't coincide with the things that you've heard, right? So it's just like, mm, well, if that's being said, then when did that happen, right? You're not seeing it. You're not, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, it's an odd one. It's an odd one, right? Valiant attempt. There are some creepy moments, right? There are a few creepy moments, for sure. But too heavy on the atmospheric music, right? To go, feel this right now. You know, too much kind of trying to be dramatic, but without the substance, the scaffolding for the emotional impact. Unfortunate, unfortunate, but people, it might be for you, you know what I mean? So I say, right, hmm, you know, it's kind of similar to stuff like The Sun, but I, I, I kind of feel that had a little bit more substance to it and made a bit more sense, you know? Like things like Leave that we recently looked at again, I'd say that you know, that attachment, you know, it, it just the story works a bit better in those films. But if you like those films, then yeah, this you know could work for you, you know what I mean. Right, it, it's now available on Shudder. Right, so if you are a horror fan looking for a little hit, then yeah, from black could work for you, people. It could work for you. So it's out now. Enjoy. Let me know what you think. Right, you might have a completely different experience. So yeah, leave a comment, people. Let me know. Hit me up. All right. Peace. Next up, people, we have a new joint which is dropping on Amazon Prime on the 3rd of May. Right? It is One True Loves. Okay, so people, thanks to the good folks at Fig Signature, right? I checked out One True Loves. Now, I may not have watched this film, right? But I am basically, <laughs> I'm basically a $10 hoe. You know what I mean? I don't know what that would be in UK currency. Let me say a 50p trick, right? Because I'm down to check out anything, right? Because you never know. You never know, right? There's definitely films which have surprised me. There's films that I was looking forward to, which I was disappointed in. So, you know what I mean? Why put yourself in a box, right? Always try and stay open. But there's definitely things that you have a feeling you may gravitate to more than others, right? So one true loves, you know, I originally thought, did they make a spelling mistake? <laughs> and then I watched the film and I realized what, why it's called one true loves, right? Um, <laughs> so this is directed by Andy Fickman, who surprised me with one of his previous films, right? Because he directed 
Um, oh, I think it's the game plan. I think it's the game plan, right? Which was uh, the rock, you know, football player, and he finds out he's got a daughter, which surprisingly really cute, really nice and touching. You know what I mean? So he directs, and it is written by Taylor Jenkins Reed and Alex J. Reed, right? Now, you might think, hmm, are they related? They are indeed. They're husband and wife. And also, Taylor Jenkins Reed wrote the book this is adapted from, you know? So the book came out in 2016, had the same name, and they came able to adapt that book, right? Which is interesting. Uh, the film is produced by uh, Michael Jefferson, um, Andy Fickman, Sarah Finn, Arena Frazier, Adam Baisley, uh, Peter Jackal. Okay, Peter was involved and you might recognize the names we spoke to Peter last year about his film Medieval, remember? Okay. Willie Kuttner. Um, Ryan Donald Smith. And Betty Sullinger. It is executive produced by Jean Zacharias. Stephen Yandich. Calvin Wu, Ryan and Henry Winterstern, Caleb Ward, uh, Jordan Wagner, Chang Shong, Anthony Strandberry, Jonathan Snow, Daniel Snow, uh, Mark Center, Michael Raban, Jeff Rice, Taylor Jenkins Reed, Richard Allen Reed, and Alex J. Reed, uh, Delphine Perrier, Joe Mulhill, Nathan Morris, Kevin Miller, Jarrett Mahoney, Roy Scott McFarland, Dave Lugo. Nathan Klinger, Walter and Patrick Justin, Rock Jacobs, Wes and Diana Hull, Fang Fang Hu, Paul W. Hazen, Vanessa Yegu, Court Corsi, Ford Corbett, JJ Carruth, Cindy Brew, Ryan Baseford, Martin J. Barab, Harry Afaluoya, and it's co-executive produced by Marvin Cheng, Jin Jija, Terry Jessup, Dan Cat. Samuel A. Levin, Sam Linda, Demita D. Nikolov, Scott Powell, um, and line produced by John William Roberts. So Nathan Wang handled the music, Greg Gardner, cinematography, Sarah Finn, and... Jason B. Stammy were on casting. Production design is Austin Gorg. Set decoration was Rachel Wilkin. Elaine Montalove was on costume design. Um, hair and makeup, we have Angie Cooten, Jill Ostry, Elizabeth Pascal and Tara Zelensky. Okie dokie. And people, our cast. 
because you can't make a film without a cast. Well, Emma is played by Philippa Sue. Her sister Marie is played by Michaela Conlin. Um, you know what? I forget who her parents are. I think it's Anne, played by Lauren Tom. And... Hmm. I think it's Joe, played by Gary Hudson. We then have got Sam, her best friend, played by Simul Yu. Jesse, Luke Bracey. Um... I think his parents are played by Beth Broderick, Francine, and then Joe, played by Gary Hudson. Now, a young Emma is played by Anya Yaff. Um, a young Sam is Phil Phineas Yoon, and a young Jesse is Cooper Van Grutel. We have Colin played by Mike and o Michael O'Keefe. We have got... Um, ba -da 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 -dum. Who else do we have? Um, I think... Yeah, we, we've got um, the students, right, who play in the orchestra, who do figure in a lot of the film. So we're going to shout those out, right? We have uh, Bass, played by Trenis Atkinson. Um, Viola, played by Nia Barrow. Uh, oh, I think that was bass, maybe. And I guess viola is the instrument. I think they're saying the instrument, right? The guitar player is played by Kinsey Boston. The cello player, Sophie Britizer. The viola and violin is E.C. Cobb Curtis. Drums were Brendan Kofi. Another violinist is Colby Collins Peterson. Another drums is Catherine Crowley. Another bass player is Jeanne Dorvey. Another violinist is Isabel D'Andrade. Uh, the flutist is Gwen Edwards. Um, we have another cello. It's Carlisle Gates. Another violinist is Isabella Garcia. Another guitarist is Jack Fishback. Um... We have Zoe, played by Gabriel Garcia. We have Tom, played by Will Dowsner. And there is Miss Phillips, played by Jackint Blackenkenship. Miss Washington, played by Victoria Blade. Kelly Back, played by Christina Back. Um, yeah, that's probably it. Right. Oh, Mr. Williams played by J. Devon Johnson. Right. We're going to go with that. Okay. So the gist of the film, Emma and Jesse are the perfect couple. High school sweethearts who fell in love, got married and left their small town in Massachusetts away from their family expectations. Together, they live life to the fullest and sees every opportunity to travel the world until their marital bliss is ruthlessly cut short. On their first anniversary, when Jesse disappears in a helicopter crash over the Pacific Ocean, Emma is destroyed and moves back to Massachusetts in an effort to mend her life back together. Four years later, Emma runs her family's bookshop and has grown to like her new life. She runs into her old best friend, Sam, who has always been secretly in love with her, and they become inseparable. Newly engaged, it feels like Emma's second chance at happiness is finally here. 
until an unexpected phone call changes her world forever. Jessie is alive, completely torn. Emma must now choose between a husband and a fiancé. She knows that she has to listen to her heart. She's just not sure what it says. Right? So that's what I meant, right? That's why it's called One True Loves, right? Not just One True Love. Now, that's pretty clear. So, um, yeah, that's the film, people. Now, there's a director's statement that got sent through. It says this. The minute I read Taylor Jenkins' read breathtaking novel, One True Loves, I knew I had to bring this rich story and memorable character to life on screen. Is there anything more universal in the world than dealing with love and loss? Our life, our film explores just how wounded our hearts can be at their lowest and how wonderfully full they can be at our highest. But what if you were dealing with it all at one time? love and loss? What if you were forced to face the heart-wrenching moment in which you had asked the very real question, is it possible to have more than one soulmate in your life? This hit me personally and profoundly. My mum's dad died when she was very young. My grandmother lived a very long life, well into her 90s, and yet she never went on a single date. She believed that husband, my grandfather, was her one true love. Growing up, that is what we assumed was the truth. You had one true love. No one in our immediate family had ever gotten a divorce when I was a kid, so I never saw a second love for anyone. When I was 16, my life was shattered to the core, my own father, Phil Fickman suddenly died of a heart attack. I was the last person to speak to him before his death. My mum, Ruth, was devastated. And like my grandmother, she too chose not to date again. My father was her one true love, and it remained that way for the next two decades. My mother never went on a single date. Like her mother before her, that was simply how life would be. But then when my mum turned 70 through mutual friends, she met a man a few years older than her named Richard, who had recently lost his wife. They played tennis together and found love on and off the court. My mum went from 0 to 100 in the dating game. And when Richard proposed marriage to my mum, I'm the youngest of four boys. Richard spoke to my oldest brother and asked for my mum's hand in marriage. But that wasn't all. Richard took my mum to my father's grave and there he promised my father he would look after my mum and ask for his blessing. It was at that very moment that I knew it was possible to have more than one soulmate in a lifetime. It was possible to have it to be one true loves. This was the story I was born to tell. This was a story I needed to tell. This is the movie I was meant to direct. Matters of the heart are complicated, but they affect every human on the planet. We all share those complications, those things, those loves, those lows, those highs. We fall down in love and we rise up in love. While the world is full of different cultures and languages, we are all united in matters of the heart. Through humor, drama, charm, tears and heart, our film takes the audience on a picture postcard journey through New England as well as we explore what it means to love truly. So, uh, yeah, there you go, man. There you go, right? I mean, there's always a story behind these things, you know? And it's always fascinating to uh, find out, right, what's the, what's the deal? You know, so uh, yeah, that was it. 
but um you know there's there's a plenty of other interesting factors about this you know um now one of which being we have the author and her husband adapting the script right so this is what was said the joy of having a writer who created the words originally and who was now creating a new story and coming up with things that they got excited about, maybe things even that weren't necessarily in the book, was great, says Fickerman. It sometimes can be challenging when someone has written 300 beautiful pages of prose and then they need to turn it into a screenplay because every word naturally becomes precious. But Taylor was so not that way. She and Alex wanted to write it as a film and so they just dove right in. In terms of what changed in bringing One True Loves from book to film, the biggest thing is its structure, says Taylor Jenkins Reid. The book is about 50-50 in terms of spending time in the past and time in the present. With the film, though, we wanted it to be firmly rooted in the present. So one challenge was finding a way to show what has happened in the past in a compelling way without actually narratively spending as much time there. Says Alex J. Reed, I've been fortunate enough to have adapted several books, but usually I don't have the benefit of adapting a book with its author, who in this case is also my wife. So here the deck was stacked. If I had a question, Taylor had an answer. If a scene presented a particular challenge to me, Taylor knew how to execute it. Adds Taylor Jenkins Reid, to me, the most fun part of an adaptation is the idea of how do you tell the same story in a different medium? And how do you make it a comparison to the book and not just a copy. Any book is a challenge to adapt, but because I'd written the novel in the first person and we were set on not using any voiceover in the movie, it was an extra challenge to make sure we showed the full scope of Emma's dilemma. She's lived a big life with a lot of events and that changed her slowly over time. And we wanted to find a way to show that, show that and all her and how much she had grown. So, um, yeah, you know, I thought that kind of would impact because I'm imagining few of you may have read the book, right? So we start off with the young selves. They're at a party, you know, you've got Sam hanging out with Emma and you get a sense, you know what I mean? That he likes her. And they're the kind of kids on the side. It seems they're not the cool ones. But then Jesse starts a conversation with Emma. And it all goes from there. All goes from there. Now, there was a thing. Because then we get into this montage of them traveling. You know? And it's like... He's taking photos, she's writing stories, which are getting, we're seeing the newspaper and magazines where these stories appear, right? Now, we're having music played. I hated the songs used in this, right? The score was okay. The songs, I hated the songs. And so we're having this song play. I feel what would have been nice would have been her maybe reading the articles or a little bit of the articles. You know what I mean? Because I think that can can bring you into it a little bit. But, you know, we're seeing all of this stuff. We see the marriage, their proposal, just all of these things. All of these things, right? And then we... We get that 
things change, right? Things change. She gets a phone, like he goes off on missing their West first anniversary. She gets that phone call. Devastated. Devastated. So she's back home. She's back home and, you know, she's with someone else, right? Well, I mean, some of that we don't see. Some of that comes later. You know, I mean, it's just remembering, all the, you know, how they do it. But, you know, we jump years and now she's with uh, Sam. And, yeah, we see her get the phone call as they're going off. And that's crushing her. Right. And I think at the start, because all of this happened so early, you do think, OK, how are they feeling? The rest of this film, you know what I mean? Well, like, right, what what are we gonna see? Because, yeah, there's a, there's just a lot, right? A lot of time left, and so yeah, you kind of wonder. But what we do get, it's it is very interesting. Like I did, I think there is a. I think there is a kind of thing with this film, right, where it could go that typical generic way, but there are these really nice moments. And a lot of them are between Maria and Emma, right? She She's helping Emma deal with it. And also it's just these insights on love, right? And the fact, because I think... The whole only one soulmate thing, right? That was something that was, boy, I mean, you'd hear it a lot back in the day. You know what I mean? But I don't think that shit is true. You know, I feel there are many types of love, you know? And you'll meet different people and you will love them in different ways. You're not going to love someone the same way as you love someone else. You know, and sometimes you're going to meet someone that you love, but you met them at the wrong time. And we get those kind of insights in these little moments between the sisters, which I thought was really nice. You know, now. What is interesting is I thought that we get more kind of emotional scope an understanding with the Sam character than we do with the Jesse character. You know, I, I thought the scenes with Sam, now, there is that typical, you know, Hollywood kind of storytelling thing where he is giving a lot of information to people where you're like, oh, think anyone would normally do that shit, right? That teacher isn't going to come into class and be like, kids, this is the thing, right? Even though we do see, because when that first starts happening, you are a bit like, yo, what the fuck? Now, we do see later in the film, in some flashbacks and stuff, how it makes, it does kind of make sense, but still, it's still inappropriate as fuck, you know what I mean? But in these moments, he's opening up and talking about emotions and how he's feeling and everything like that, which is very endearing. And it, it and I think people can resonate more to that. Like the, the problem with the Jesse stuff is because he's been gone for years, which we don't. Like, it is a little unclear, the time frame, until it's actually mentioned by someone. But he's been gone four years. Homie doesn't look like he's been on a desert island. You know what I mean? Because your skin's going to be fucked. Right? Your skin's going to be fucked. Because there's no sun cream. You're out on the fucking island. You're out in the wind. You know what I mean? just the salt water, there's just all these things are fucking you up, right? So there's that. Also, it's not like you've got a fridge. 
So he doesn't look like he's been starving for four years. Like this, I say what you will about Tom Hanks. When you see the the real life pictures and then the desert island pictures from Castaway, Tom Hanks looks a lot of weight, right? For those roles. I mean, the person that lost the most weight is fucking um, Batman, right? When he did fucking uh, The Machinist. Jeez, that was crazy. But that's the thing, right? I I, I feel that, um, you know, Jesse, right? Luke Bracey, he needed to look more gaunt. Right, he needed he needed to look more weathered for a lot of his stuff to really be impactful. You know what I mean? I, I, I there was that, there was that, and you also get like he's been on. It's been four years, right? Now, I think you can definitely have certain feelings and all of this, but I feel that there, there would also be a level of understanding, too, with that, you know? So there was that, but I think, as I said, look, it's the, the Sam Jesse stuff that is the real... Uh, great moments of this film right there's there's definitely a bit where uh yeah ain't gonna lie right eyes did start feeling a little damp you know what i mean don't know what it was man i started feeling a little damp and then after that scene we get a next scene in the yard where i'm just like oh shit shit didn't lose it though didn't Lose it, people. Kept my cool. Kept my cool. But yeah, those those things, those scenes had the emotion here for me. They had the emotion, right? So those were great. Um, I did like also when they were talking about books. There were some. There were varied authors used, so that was good because we don't always get that. One thing though. Right, they were talking about books about love and death. The Hunger Games have both motherfuckers. The Hunger Games have death and they have a stupid love triangle. So that book don't work in that equation. What? But I'm glad they only talked about the first book because the other two, yeah, they weren't good. The first one was fine. You know what I mean? As a, a young adult book, the first one was fine. The second and the third pff, stunk. Second, third stunk. What can I say? You know? But yeah, look, I kind of feel with this that it's got some really nice moments. There are a few things that don't quite work. You know what I mean? There's this, there's kind of scenes which are a little generic, you know, like Sam walking into the teacher's lounge. You know what I mean? I did think that the Jesse parents moments, again, you feel that they, they, they come off as cunts. You know what I mean? It's as simple as that. And you do kind of think that, as I said, four fucking years, that the, it would have been nice to see some a range of emotions with them and Emma, you know what I mean? So there's that, there's that, right? It is when Emma and Sam reconnect again, a little bit, but yeah, I think all in all, all in all, there's, look, there's some stinky rom-coms, right? There's some rom-coms that do not work. Holiday, which funnily enough, Bracey was in as well. That, nah, that's not good. I mean, there was a whole bunch of fucking 
you know, in Christmas ones that we looked at last year that just did not work, right? But this one, I think this one is going to connect with a lot of people, right? I, I think that you can find something here. You know, as I said, look, there's these really nice moments. Um, and I think the chemistry, right? The chemistry between Philippa Sue and Simul Yu, as, along with Michaela Conlin, right? All of those actors and the moments they share in this film, that is what really does drive this. That's what really does bring this to life for us. So, if you like a rom-com, people, right? You like something with a little bit of heart, then I think One True Loves will hit you in the right place, okay? So, there you go. It is out. Well, it's out tomorrow. So enjoy, people. Enjoy. Right, right, right. So there we go. Just a quick one today. But remember, people, we still have the official echo chamber drop in on Thursday. Right. So, um, yeah, there you go. Two films. Right. Little drive by. So, yeah, we will see you on Thursday, people. Enjoy your film watching. Um, and remember, One True Loves drops tomorrow. From Black is currently now streaming on Shudder. So, yeah, enjoy. And we'll see you in a few days. All right? Peace. Peace.